Thank you for joining us for Working Through the Word, a ministry of the Richmond Church of Christ. Let's join our pulpit minister, Mike Johnson, as he brings today's lesson. Perhaps you have had a similar experience to mine. Maybe you take a road, the same path, every day, day after day after day, for an extended period of time. And then one day, you're taking this road like you had done all these days previous, and you get to a certain part of the road and you think, did I pass that place I always pass? I don't remember that traffic light. Did I stop? Was it green? You know, sometimes we, we do things habitually, and then after doing them over and over and over, we don't seem to notice things about it the way we did before. Now, that can be dangerous, of course, because I have experienced it on the interstate and then come to realize I don't remember the last three miles. I have no idea. Now, there are a lot of people who are concerned about Rebecca and me. <laughs> Those are the ones that are laughing now. Because we leave Tuesday afternoon to drive 36 hours to Seattle, Washington. And I rather expect to fall asleep somewhere out west where you can see for miles and miles and miles and not remember a particular stretch of road. But you know, I don't think that's going to happen, really, because I've never seen that stuff. That's exciting. It's the stuff we do every day, the same place, the same thing over and over. We almost become numb to it, right? Well, that is a problem sometimes in our Christian walk. And for that reason, uh, those who shepherd this flock have asked this year that we spend a time... And we've come up with 12 different things using the idea Bible authority on this concept. And it is for the purpose of helping us to know, to be reminded, to be assured, to have our knowledge increased, maybe, about things that we do over and over and over. The kinds of things that we have done and practiced and taught since we first were born and brought as infants into a place of worship. Many of us have been raised doing these things all of our lives, literally. And it is those, those things that sometimes cause us to say, maybe I don't really know why. So let's ask the question today. What is the Bible authority on the first day of the week? Why 
are we here? Why across the world are people gathered for a time of worship? Let's begin by understanding first that the first day of the week is not to be called or understood or misidentified as the Christian Sabbath, for it is not. This is not a Christian Sabbath. First of all, the Sabbath was a Jewish requirement. You go back to the record of the Decalogue, and you go back to Exodus chapter 20, and you start in verse 8, and you find out that God said to those Jews, Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. In six days you shall do your work, and on the seventh day you shall rest. God said, I don't want you to do anything other than six days of work, seventh day of rest. He even said, this applies to you, to your son, to your daughter, to your male servant, your female servant. It applies to the stranger that is in your midst. And then he tells us why in verse 11. Because in six days, God created the earth, the heavens, the sea, and all that is in them. And on the seventh day, he rested. Therefore, the Lord God blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. The Sabbath day was a Jewish requirement. It was obviously a seventh day. He talked about the first six, then the seventh, and called it Sabbath. It is a day that the Jews were required to keep on a weekly basis. And it was based upon the week of creation. God created on day one, two, three, four, five, and six. And when he finished, he rested on the seventh day. Sabbath became a Jewish requirement. But it was not the only special day. The Jews, in fact, had many days that were special. If you have your Bibles... If you turn to Leviticus chapter 23, maybe you have paragraph headings in your Bible, and it will help you to see the special days that the Jews had. Not only the Sabbath, verse 3, but look at verse 4. There is the Passover, an unleavened bread day and days. Verse 9 begins the feast of first fruits. Verse 15 begins the Feast of Weeks. Verse 23, the Feast of Trumpets. Verse 26, the Day of Atonement. And verse 33, the Feast of Tabernacles. The Jews were required to keep a number of special days before the Lord. The Sabbath was one of them. It was a Jewish command. It was a Jewish idea. It was what God intended. Now notice, the prophet Amos came along 
And in chapter 8 of the book of Amos, the people ask Amos a very interesting question. You see, they are concerned about their own lives. They're not concerned about the things of God. Listen to the people of Amos' day. Verse 4. Hear this, you who swallow up the needy and make the poor of the land fall. And here's what you say. The people of God of this day were asking of God and of Amos the prophet. When will the new moon be passed that we may sell grain? And the Sabbath that we may trade wheat? Making the ephah small and the shekel large, falsifying the scales by deceit, that we may buy the poor for silver and the needy for a pair of sandals, even sell the bad wheat. Basically, here's what they were saying. Lord, when can we quit following all these rules you made? When are these going to finish? We're tired of them. We want to sell bad wheat. We want to sell on the Sabbath day. We want to have business every day of the week. When can we stop doing this? And God said, I've had enough of you. I'm finished with you. And they're going to go off into captivity. But notice verse 9. And it shall come to pass in that day, God says, I will make the sun go down at noon, and I will darken the earth in broad daylight. These people had had enough of God, and God had had enough of them. And He sent them off into captivity, and almost by derision, He answered their question, one of which was, when is the Sabbath going to end? We're tired of the laws. God's answer. The day is coming. The day is coming when it's nighttime during the day. And then the Sabbath is going to cease. Not so that you can go and do whatever you want, but because the law will have changed. And in Luke 23, when Jesus died, and it was dark in the middle of the day, the death of Jesus signaled the end of the Sabbath observance as a command from God to Jewish people. We are here today, not because we are observing the Jewish Sabbath, for it was on the seventh day. And we are not here on the first day of the week because the Christian first day of the week is somehow the Christian Sabbath. It is not true. We are not required to keep the first day of the week in the same way the Jews kept the Sabbath day. There is no law from God concerning the Sabbath for the Christian era because it was a Jewish holiday, a Jewish command. But the first day of the week is its own day. 
Let's notice why the first day of the week. What's it based on? What's behind it? The phrase, the first day of the week, occurs eight times in the New Testament. Now, I have to admit, I was not fully aware of this as I should have been. And therefore, I have a suspicion that you may not be either. But if it's on the screen, the phrase will come up here. The Greek phrase is, Mia ton sabaton. Now, can you hear that Greek word? Sabaton? Sabbath, right? Yes, that's right. Every time this phrase, the first day of the week, occurs, it is Mia ton sabaton. What? I thought it was first day of the week. But the Greek says Sabbath. Uh-oh. We have a problem. There is such a thing in every language as idioms. Idioms. Things that we say that other languages, if you tried to translate it into those languages, they would wonder what you are talking about. For instance, can you imagine going into the inner villages of some remote country and saying in English for the interpreter to translate to those people, wow, it's raining cats and dogs around here. They'd probably look up and think, you are crazy. There are no cats and dogs. But we know what that means. They don't know what it means. I have read this weekend a number of discussions about this phrase by people who are trying to say that we've missed it and we need to go back to the seventh day. But that's not what this phrase means. Notice, if you will, turn your Bibles, Mark chapter 16. Mark chapter 16. If this phrase, though it includes the word sabbaton, Sabbath, if it means seventh day, we have a problem in Mark 16. Look at verse 1. Now when the Sabbath was passed. Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, Salome, bought spices that they might come and anoint him. Notice verse 2. Very early in the morning on the first day of the week. Mia ton sabaton. That second phrase, Sabbath word, second word, sabaton, has to be different from the first word, sabaton, in verse 1. Because it says, The sabaton being ended. They came on the first day of the week. Sabaton. So what is he saying? It is a, an idiom in the language. And it is perfectly sensible. 
Here's why. Not everybody calls today Sunday. I didn't realize this, but some languages, some cultures call it Dominica, the day of the king. If Scripture had referred to it as Sunday, it wouldn't make any sense in a lot of cultures. So here is how it was written by God. Mia means one. The literal phrase means the first from the Sabbath. Then there was a second from the Sabbath, which is our Monday. And there was a third from the Sabbath, which is our Tuesday. And if you're able to follow, you can probably get to Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and then back to Sabbath. This is an idiom. It means first day of the week. It literally says the first from the Sabbath. So that phrase occurs eight times in the New Testament. But that's what it means. It's its own special day. It is the first day after the Sabbath has ended. It is a special day. It's a special day because we know a number of special events that happened on that day. We just saw one in Mark 16 recorded in all four Gospels. Jesus our Lord resurrected on the first day of the week. Miaton, Sabaton. It makes sense, therefore, does it not? That attention given to not only the event of the resurrection, but to the specific day of the resurrection, that it would be a very important day. And it is. Acts chapter 2. The Lord's church was established on the first day of the week. It was established on the day of Pentecost. Pentecost was a Jewish festival or feast day that occurred 50 days after Passover. You count 50 days from the Sabbath of Passover and you always end up on a first day of the week. It's called in the Old Testament seven weeks and a day. And when the church came into existence in Acts 2, it was on the day of Pentecost. It was the first day of the week. It was Miaton Sabaton. But it was a special day that everyone understood, labeled, if you will, by John, in the Revelation chapter 1 in verse 10. When John in receiving the revelation from God said, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. 
Well, now, the Lord's day is every day. All the days are His. So why would He say something about the Lord's day? It must be something special, would it not? Seems to me. And there are only two days in Scripture that have had real significance in a week. That's the Sabbath, and we've seen it's gone. So the Lord's day undoubtedly was the first day of the week. Our Sunday, Miaton, Sabaton. The first day of the week is a traditional day. It is a traditional day because this is what we have always done, and there is nothing wrong with that. Someone says, now wait a minute, that can't be a good thing. Just because it's tradition, that that can't be a good thing. There's got to be more to it. Well, let me ask you. Is it a tradition around your house that you take a bath? Do you traditionally do it at least every Saturday night before Miaton Sabaton? Is it a tradition that you brush your teeth and put on deodorant? Just because we do it all the time doesn't make it less important. In fact, it is a tradition that should be observed. Paul said, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 and in verse 10, or verse 14 and 15. I encourage you to keep the traditions which you have received from us. Paul even said, There are a number of traditions that I want you to keep. How are they keeping them? Because you received them from us. Therefore, Acts 2, verse 42. After the church was established, the Bible says, those Christians continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. Why were they meeting on the first day of the week? Because we know they were, not only in Scripture, but in extra-biblical sources. Why were they doing that? Because they were taught to do it. Here is the point. The first Christians were converted from Judaism. Why would these faithful, lifetime Jews all of a sudden quit meeting for worship on the Sabbath? Makes no sense. Unless they had received a teaching to do it. And they did. They kept that tradition because it was a tradition taught to them to do. Not all traditions are taught that you must do, but there are some that are taught that we must do. First day of the week was obviously taught that they must do. Because when we find the reading opening in the text read from Acts chapter 20, it opens with a tradition. When the disciples came together on the first day of the week to break bread. When? In other words, they were just doing it all along. 
They were continually doing it all along. Therefore, finally, it is a specific day. The first day of the week is a specific day because it is the only day that has specific things from God attached to it. This time of the supper is one of them. In fact, in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, some interesting phrases occur. As often as you come together and when you come together. How often did they come together? Every first day of the week. For the purpose of taking the Lord's Supper, Acts 20 and 7. While Acts 20 and 7 is not written in the form of a direct command, meet on the first day of the week, take supper. It's not how it's written. But it is written as an authoritative passage that says this is what Christians did. Why? Because the apostles taught them to do it. Therefore, if they were taught to do it, they ought to keep doing it. And it's the same thing you and I ought to do. We come together on the first day of the week because it was taught by the apostles and handed down through the Word. And you and I meet to do that observance. And on this day, 1 Corinthians 16, it was Paul who said, when you come together, you're already coming together every first day of the week, go ahead and start taking up the collection for the needs that we're going to have. And we continue to follow that practice because we have needs that we continually have. So we take up a collection to meet those needs. Let me bring out one more verse on this miatone, sabatone. To understand that this word can mean to stand for a week. Sabbath, to stand for a week, is the end of a week. Jesus told the story about the two men that were standing praying in the temple. You remember? And the one who was so self-righteous, he looked at God and he said... I'm a good guy. Notice what he said. I fast twice every week. You know what the word actually is? I fast twice every sabbaton. How do you fast twice on the same day? It's obvious that that phraseology stands for a week because it's the end of a week. And he was saying, I fast twice every week. Using the same phrase, the same concept, that eight times, first day of the week. Now brethren, we are here. Not because we've just done it all of our lives and we don't know to do any better. Not because we're just comfortable and we don't want to change it. We just sort of like it the way it is. We are here because we are following the authority of Scripture that tells us we ought to be here. And we meet on the first day of the week. And when we do, we are following and keeping what God commands us to do. And therefore, first day of the week is what God wants not just something we've chosen for ourselves. That's the Bible authority.
on meeting the first day of the week. By that same authority, we follow the pattern that says that if I don't accept Jesus on his terms, he won't accept me. And if I accept Jesus on his terms from his own words, I will understand it when he said, except you believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. John 8 and 24. It was he who said, if you don't repent, you will perish. Luke 13 and 3. It was he who said, if you don't confess me before men, I'll not confess you before my Father, Matthew 10 and 32. And it was he who said, if you do not believe and are baptized, you will not be saved. He said that, his words. And today, if I honor his authority, then I'll accept the same thing and believe the same thing and do the same thing if need be. We'll help you become a member of the family of God today or come back to the family from whom you've strayed. If you'll come as we stand and sing. We hope you enjoyed today's broadcast brought to you by the Richmond Church of Christ. We are located at 1500 Lancaster Road in Richmond, Kentucky. We meet on Sunday mornings for Bible class at 9 a.m., followed by our morning worship service held at 10 a.m. Our Sunday evening service is held at 6 p.m., and our midweek Bible study is held on Wednesday at 7 p.m. If you are in the area, we would love to have you as our honored guest. Thanks for listening.